Hey, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast, Becoming the Character. Uh, I'm Dallas Prater, the voice of this podcast, and I just wanted to record a quick episode to you to kind of reiterate a point that I've touched on in this podcast before, and uh, particularly in the last episode, and elaborate on it a little bit more. Um, but So I was at work the other day, right? Um, and when I was at work, you know, we always have these questions of the days. And so it's about a room of probably 30 of us, and we're all sitting around these uh you know, casino game tables, blackjack, baccarat, things like that. And, um, you know, so the, the, the instructor is going around the room. The trainer is going around the room. Uh, his name is Angel. And he's kind of like giving, uh, he's giving the question of the day and just going from person to person asking the question of the day. And the question of the day for this particular day was he asked, if you could go back to high school and change one thing, what would you change? And so everybody's giving their answer and I'm kind of just thinking about it because I don't really know like I'm, I'm I always try to be content with the hand that I was dealt and accept what is going on in my life but um as he's going around the room I don't know what it was about other people's stories but it kind of sparked in me you know uh a story of my own that I recall you know something that was like you know something that bothered me if, if you know because, you know here's the thing I I particularly recall this memory not only because the collection of stories that were told in advance but because I was sitting there like literally the night before probably 3 4 a.m just thinking about it like damn like you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I got to get my get back on. You know what I mean? And so, you know, uh, when it came around to me, they was like, okay, what's your story? Like, what would you change if you go back to high school? And one of the things that I went back to was uh, was wrestling because wrestling was a large part of my life. Large part of my life. I remember the years prior to wrestling, uh, you know, the, uh, all the years I wrestled, one of the things that I wanted to win because they have these big trophies was a, a thing called the, the Franklin Invitational Tournament. Uh, it was a tournament where, you know, it was at Franklin High School back in Maryland. And, you know, it was a four-person bracket. I mean, 16-man bracket, so four rounds until you get to the top. Um, and um, I remember I got into the final of that tournament the year before. Um, you know, defeating the person that I'm going to talk about in this story uh, along the way. Um, and I got to that, fi- that tournament, and I remember it was this guy in the final. His name was Austin Kreischer. He was a great wrestler, superior wrestler. At my height, I don't think I could have even scored on him he was a great wrestler uh went to college yeah uh, in north carolina i think he was a tar heel and you know qualified for ncaa's uh, a few times um uh, he was a good wrestler um but but the year before uh my senior year in in the final of that match you know uh we were under the lights i had my special singlet on for the first and i think one of the only times i wore that singlet and man he tortured me he pinned me and you know it was on the baltimore sun which is you know the most prevalent newspaper in our city of Baltimore uh it was on like the Baltimore Sun and had the picture of me getting pinned and you know the caption I remember it says Austin cries and makes short work of Prater and then in parentheses Eastern Tech from uh from Eastern Tech uh in the finals of the Franklin Invitation Tournament and I'm just like that was a stain and so that was my junior year coming into my senior year, I was actually 21 and 1 well I was 21 and 0 until I lost to him then I was 21 and 1 um but you go into the next year. I really wanted to get back. I wanted to win that tournament. You know, maybe have a, my own newspaper article with my own picture in it. And think, you can you can you can look this up. Uh, Arson Cries versus Dallas Prater on Google. It'll pop up. Um, then hit images. I'll be right there getting pinned. Um, you know, I wanted to get back this year. And so coming up on the tournament, I remember we were going due to wrestle at a uh, school called Sparrows Point. And they was like, man, at Sparrows Point, you know, uh, the the wrestler that I was wrestling against at Sparrows Point, which I had beat the year prior. And, um, he didn't have any wins over me at that point, I don't believe, but he did win the county title last year. So, okay, he, he won the county title last year, I believe. Um, 
you know, he, he, my coach said, you know, even though I was undefeated on the season up until that point, they said he was number one seeded, uh, the number one seeded wrestler for the turn for the Franklin Invitational. I'm mean, like, eh, well, that doesn't make any sense. How's the number one seeded wrestler? But before the Franklin Invitational, um, we were due to wrestle at his school, uh, like really like a few days before. I think it was like Tuesday. We were due at the at the Invitational on Friday and Saturday, um, and so. You know, one of the things that pissed me off is going to his school. Uh, we had a few wrestlers from our school, a few alumni. Uh, one of the guys named Steven, and he was, like, rooting for their side and in their stands. And, like, you know, he was saying that I was going to lose. I was going to get crushed and all these different types of things. And I'm like, man, you know, like, yeah, come on now. You know me. Um, and so we get to the match. We weigh in. We're looking at each other all funny. Um, we get to the mats. You know, we shake hands. And, like, coming out of the gate, you know, boom. I, I, don't, I don't remember what I hit on him, but... Oh, coming out of the gate, you know, I was just kind of feeling around, like feeling, uh, you know, feeling the vibes of the match, and boom, out the gate, he hits me with my move, and ankle pick. I hit the mat hard, boom. I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, like, like, like that's crazy, you know. Um, I, I get up, get, get a quick escape, and um, you know, that's when I'm like, okay, I got to turn it on. I'm like, I'm not gonna go out like this. It was two to one at that point. Um, jeez, you know, it's been probably six years now, so the match a little blurry. But, uh, you know, I start wrestling. Boom, I think I hit him with a shrug and got him down. And that's when I realized his bottom game was kind of spotty. And so I started to turn him in and get a few points. And, uh, I, you know, I won the match, you know, pretty handily. And I got up and I, like, stared down Steven in the audience for, like, for what I felt was, like, betraying me. I'm, like, looking at him like, yeah, now what? Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and I was just going crazy. Like, you know, the coach was like, yeah, don't celebrate too much. You know, uh, we still got to see them on Friday, uh, Saturday at the tournament. Man, we know you're going to win the stand of third. Because, you know, I, I, I kind of won that match pretty handily. The stands was packed and everything. People were going crazy, and we took it home. Um, so come Saturday, you know, or Friday, we fight our way all the way to the finals of the Franklin Invitational Tournament. Then we... Um, we, we we get to the we get to the uh, the finals of the tournament. It's me and him in the finals once again. Um, you know his name's Brody uh, from Sparrows Point. Um, shout out to him, Brody Underwood. I give give his full name if y'all wanna look him up or whatever. But you know, so we we get to the finals of this tournament, and you know if we're wrestling back and forth, you know I'm hitting him with moves after move after move, boom boom boom. You know, I'm I'm really just doing my thing. Um, you know, I was up 2-1, and then I hit him with a shrug, and I got behind him and wrestled him down to the ground, and, you know, we have footage of this, had footage of this, you know, he's scooting on his butt, the ref doesn't award any points to me, you know, it was a takedown, but the ref didn't award any points, um, you know, to make a long story short, we wrestle around, you know, that way, and I think he got the escape, and so it's, 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 I'm, maybe it was 3-1, I don't remember, um, but anyhow, he gets the escape, and it's probably like three, two, three, me to him, and the match coming comes down to the no. It was, it was, it, it you know, no, 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 no. It was three one. I'm right. It was three one. He got to escape, and it was, it was, it was three one. And so what happens is, is coming down to the end of the uh, the third match, and we're wrestling around, and uh, the ref hits me with a stall call, and and awards him a point. Is what I believe's happened. And then like you know, because it's the last minute of the match. You know, I'm just trying to stay alive, just trying to stay afloat, just worried about being defensive and keeping my posture right. But at the same time, I'm worried about the ref hitting me with a, a stall call um, and sending us into overtime. And I didn't want to do all that. So, you know, I'm just trying to wrestle defensively. Uh, long story short, Brody shoots in on a low single, uh, you know, and, and he gets the takedown. Like, I try to scramble, but he ties me up and he gets the takedown. Two is awarded. Everybody's going crazy. Like, his team's running out of the bleachers. They running everywhere. They going they going crazy. Like I'm like, man, like 
did that just happen? Like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I really couldn't believe it. it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, uh, craziest probably wrestling experience in my life. I was just like, man, that's just number one BS. Like, the whole thing. Um, I don't know. It, was just, it, just, it just blew my mind. You know, I remember going up to his coach afterwards, shaking his hand and just really just cussing him out. I was really just cussing him out the whole time. I was shaking his hand. And then I just walked away. Uh, after I cooled down, I went into the back room, congratulated both of them. But, it, man, it was a tough day. It was a rough day. Like, that, that made me mad because, you know, I felt like those points were mine. And, you know, uh, you know. It, it, you know, it, I wanted that trophy, you know, I felt like I deserved that trophy, you know, um, but I, but I didn't get it that day. And, um, so, you know, when I was, I was telling the, 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 you know, my, my, my fellow coworkers, you know, this is one of the things that I, I look back on and I just think to myself, like, man, I wish I, you know, I would, you know, if I could go back, <laughs> what I said was I would smash into pieces, you know, I'm not going to mince my words. That's what I said. Um, you know, um, and I believe I could, for sure. I, I believe I could. Those are fighting words, but I do. Um, but but he won that match, and you know, you know, fair play. But you know, one of the things that my coach would always say in practice, over and over and over and over and over again, one of the things that I would always hear in wrestling, over and over and over again, is that you know, the best offense, I mean, the best defense in wrestling is a good offense. That's one of the things people would say over and over. And when I was young, I really didn't get that. It wasn't until I became like a junior and senior, so I really started to understand. You let people get their ties. You let people get their setups. And that's where your defense is shattered. When you're active with your hands, when you're active with your fakes and your feints, uh, you're, when fakes and feints is like when you're acting like you're going for a takedown, but you're not. You're setting. You're getting people off balance. It's like in boxing when you're setting up a, a, heavy, a heavy shot with the jab. Um... You know, or, you know, otherwise light punches, you're setting up your shot. Um, that's when your defense really shines the most. Because when you're getting them off balance, when you're getting them uncomfortable, that's when they're going to take bad shots that are easily defended. Okay, that's when they're going to take bad, make bad moves out of desperation. But when you're sitting there worried strictly about defense, that's when they're working on their setups. And that's when your defense is at its lowest. The best defense is a great offense. And that's what I learned. And the point that I wanted to bring this to, to, to the podcast today, why I wanted to share that is because, man, like, like, that, like that's the theme throughout all of wrestling. Like, uh, Kyle Snyder, one of, you know, Olympic gold medalist, one of his quotes on his Instagram bio is defend nothing, you know. Um, but I, I wanted to bring that because, you know, uh, when it comes to, you know, business, um, one of the things that, you know, I do a lot and I feel I wanted to share this because I feel like a lot of people do a lot is you know you're you're frozen by information overload we like we stay frozen by being analytical you know when it comes to you know especially the idea of bringing yourself to the world into the marketplace as an attractive character that they'll follow to the ends of the earth um Sometimes, like, when it comes to the, you know, who we are and what we display of ourselves, we freeze up, we become analytical, um, and we don't want to, like, we don't want to let it all go, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm building, you know, the Becoming the Character Summit right now, and, you know, like, I, I, I've thought of the plan and the strategy of the launch over and over and over and over and over again, when I really, like, I roughly have the idea of how I want to proceed about it, I just really have to act on it, but for some reason, my brain is, like, frozen, and it's just, like, it's, it's hesitant, it's just saying, you know, um, you know, it's just debating over and over and over again what it is that I want to do, and so, you know, being hesitant in my moves is slowing me down, and it's, it's stopping me from doing what I have to do. And I think, you know, the path forward for a lot of us when it comes to bringing a character to the marketplace, you know, is 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 
you know, before you figure out what your stick is, what your persona is, before you figure out what, what your launch, anything in life, go forward and make the mistakes early. Just, just go forward with the offense. Don't try to defend yourself. Don't try to defend your image. Don't try to defend yourself from being embarrassed and set up all the contingencies to make sure it doesn't fail. You know, Owen Quickly used to always say this massive action is the way. Just take, just take action. Just, just get your losses in early. Get your losses in early. You'll probably get a lot less losses trying to get your losses in early than being like me, being analytical and failing for four years straight and not having anything at the end of the fourth year or the beginning of the fourth year to show for it. Get your losses early. As soon as you think of an idea, like the rough idea, the launch strategy, just just push it out. I mean, this is something that was even discussed in a book that I'm reading. It's called Blitzscaling. It was written by a few billionaires, Reid Hoffman, man, one of them, the founder and CEO or the founder of LinkedIn. I don't know if he's the CEO. But, you know, he's down there in Silicon Valley connected with, you know, all the people in Silicon Valley, all the billionaires, you know, uh, they probably invested in his stuff and all that. Um, he's, 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 you know, he's taught at Stanford because he graduated from Stanford, I believe, or he originated at Stanford, all, all, all this type of stuff. Um, and he says blitzscaling is a strategy that all billion dollar, most billion dollar businesses use. And the strategy essentially is to bring your company to a marketplace at the fastest rate regardless of the mistakes and that's why most billion dollar ventures multiple billion dollar ventures they are unprofitable because they're just worried about scaling as fast as possible regard break things fast is what he says just break as many things as possible get your losses in early super quick and get your idea to the marketplace and that's been for them the winning strategy and so i think it applies to everything we do you know Get your losses early. Don't try to defend yourself. Don't worry about your defense. The bet you every match I've ever lost is because I was working. Well, it's because either it was a superior wrestler or because I prioritize in final moments. You'll see this in wrestling a lot: defense over offense. Which prioritizing defense is bad defense. So stop worrying about defense. The moment I have ideas from now on, I'm just going to execute. I'm just going to go forward because I want I want my wins. So I'm going to get my losses first. I want my wins. So I'm going to just go through the losses as quickly as possible. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, even if, like, uh, example that is more common is some, you know, Tyron Woodley. You a former UFC champion. You know, his name was the chosen one, but now they call him the frozen one. And the reason they call, that, call him that is because, you know, uh, he took a series of bad losses. And ever since one of the losses, you know, uh, the rest... You know, we're tacked on because he's more selective with his shot. Same with Adrian Broner, who was a boxer. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they freeze up in these big moments. They freeze up on the spotlight, and they don't want to throw their big, their biggest and best shots with volume. They throw it tentatively. And so, you know, Tyrone Woodley, who was a UFC champion, knocked out some of the baddest people on the planet, lost his boxing match uh, to Jake Paul. You know, um, because Jake Paul didn't freeze up. Jake Paul wasn't tentative. He threw with volume. He 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 worked his offense. He wasn't worried about being defensive being selective in the outcome of the match um he was just worried about getting his losses early throwing as, as much as possible uh and if, if if people adopt this philosophy and his strategy with life you know a lot of our results in all areas of life are different i believe this um that being said you know uh, i'm campaigning towards which i think tomorrow's episode might be about campaigns uh because everything is a campaign which is something i also learned i don't know if i discussed on this podcast but tomorrow starting tomorrow um, one of the things that I'm doing is I'm actually, what the hell am I doing? Um, you know, the summit, the Becoming the Character Summit, which you can register for at becomingthecharacter.com. There'll be more information about that at the end of this podcast episode. Um, you know, it's a free summit, by the way, uh, is launching on October 25th. I've definitively decided this. Um, and this, you know, but before the summit launches, you know, uh, well, the summit, part of the process of the summit launches is me bringing my character, my attractive character, my business to a market, to the marketplace. And so, uh, 
it signifies a big change in my life and the life of my company. Um, you know, I hope to be able to do that. And so before that date, we have about, if I were to think about it, we have probably about 46 days. And so we're moving into season four, so season four of the podcast um, where I'm going to document each day leading up to the launch because hopefully I've been broke all my life. I'm broke up to this point. Hopefully it'd be, you know, a huge launch to bring in a lot of income and, and, and enable us to build out a character that changes the world and build more movements in different uh, demographics, uh, in different niches that that also help a lot of people live people's lives. So starting tomorrow, you know, it's the journey from essentially zero to a million. Let's let's put it in a simple way that everybody can understand. We're going from zero to a million uh, with 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 this launch. You know, uh, in the series of launches that come after. Um, you know, just day by day, uh, it'll be forty six days, and so it'll be back to you know because i look back to the podcast stats and y'all like the podcast when i was doing day one day two day three and so we're going to podcast every day um i'm going to pop in multiple times a day uh, on a single episode and document what's happening in a day what moves that i'm making um in order to make this all possible and so continue listening to the podcast if you're interested in that um i don't have any more to say my girlfriend's texting me right now so rate review and subscribe to this podcast um and register for the becoming the character summit if you're interested in the summit which is, you know, how do you take the ideas in your head and bring them into global movements by creating internet personalities? Uh, listen to the end of this podcast uh, after I stop the official podcast. Um, that's all I have to say. This is Dallas. Thank you so much for listening. Make decisions at a rapid value. Peace out.